Welcome to the Bourbon Library After Hours. Each week on After Hours, Ryan and I sit down to explore further into the wide world of whiskey by tasting and reviewing whiskeys without the limits of our featured bottle being bourbon. I hope you join us in this journey to challenge and expand our whiskey knowledge. Our show starts now. And here we go. Action. <laughs> um, I'm excited about this one. Yeah, me too. It's a birthday whiskey. Yeah, it was recently my birthday, and Alec was the only person who got me a present. And he, uh, I mean, I enjoyed the presence of people, meaning people were around, but wow, I didn't, I don't know that I received that many physical thir- presents. 37 and still need presents. Yeah, you know, it's just the way life fucking works. Works, but uh, you got me three nice bottles. Uh, well, two, yeah, they were. All you got three. me four roses, single barrels, special select. select, which was good. Nice sipping whiskey for home. Uh, and then you got me 1792 12 year, which I enjoy always, quite thoroughly. Always, always so just a solid choice. And then you got me George Dickel, which is what we're drinking today. Well, uh, not just George Dickel, it's correct. a collaboration between George Dickel and the Leopold brothers. It's the three chamber whiskey that they did together. It's a rye whiskey. It's a rye, yeah, which I also didn't know, which is also interesting for like thinking about George Dickel. Yeah, making rye whiskey. Maybe they have well, other ones, but that's not what you normally get when you. We know why it makes sense. Pot. Yeah, because well, Nicole Austin. Nicole Austin, who is the head of George Dickel, uh, head maker, uh, she uh, was originally yeah. at Kings County Distillery, and she is part of the Empire Rye movement, uh, and was sort of a founding member of of that of that. And so, and the Leopold brothers, I don't know that much about them other than it says they're a family distillery of fine yeah, we've, we've had a few spirits. A few of, one or two of theirs we tried at that yeah. liquor store, and I was like, not really into it. But, but they share Nicole's spirit of sort of legacy style whiskey making. Yeah, I mean. Or a he, historical a, style. He's, so Leopold bros are well respected. Let's read this little blurb. It kind of encapsulates it. He's a 2020 James Beard Award nominee. Todd Leopold is one of the most respected and acclaimed pioneers of American whiskey. So he 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 works on whiskey. <laughs> he has, he, he's revived a number of pre-prohibition spirits, and I think that's where this collaboration comes in because it's like pre-prohibition style, the three yeah. chamber. Yeah. And then Nicole, which is cool because she's had all that rye experience yeah. for New York. Yeah, and uh, now being the general manager uh, and distiller at Cascade Hollow, which owns Dickel, um, being able to like make interesting stuff like this because yeah. of she gets to put together collaborations essentially yeah. uh, based on her interest, uh, which already comes from doing historical. In a way, I think it's it's kind of cool because she she Empire Rye was partially created because she looked at what George Dickel was doing with Tennessee whiskey. Then eventually she gets a job at George Dickel, and she gets to bring all of her experience doing Empire Rye to the table. Yeah. And this particular collaboration is like a nod to her interest in doing sort of historical uh, rye whiskeys in America. So I think that's really, really cool. Yeah, and, and so that's George Dickel column still mixed with Leopold Brothers Three Chamber. I guess. Is that what that means? It's a, yeah, it's, column still and Three Chamber still... A blend of straight rye whiskeys. So it's those two. Yeah, that's cool. It's like two methods uh, combined. Combined to create a collaboration blend is what they're calling it. 
Which is very cool. Yeah, so Nicole made the traditional column steel rye that expresses a vibrant, fruity character. And the bros, rye resurrects one of such lost style with unique floral and chocolate character. So floral and chocolate mixed with the fruity rye of Dickel yeah. from Nicole Austin. So what's what I think is kind of interesting Ooh, about this. Yeah. I get the chocolate, chocolate right out of the gate. Cherry. Mm-hmm. But in a different way than like a Woodford Reserve. I'm more like, uh, that's mostly on the nose. It's a little oaky to me. I think that's the one flavor that's like. That you don't like? It doesn't work for me. But the chocolate, the round chocolatiness is great. Yeah. This is a rye dad would love. Oh, yeah. Certain of yeah. it. Yeah. Certain it's... of it. Uh, uh, I just wouldn't tell him it was rye. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah, so if he doesn't um, listen to this episode, he doesn't know what's coming. Yeah, Dad. So if you're driving on the highway right now, we're going to trick you. Yeah, it's probably already happened. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, yeah, well, you've already done it. You didn't even know. You're talking about the great chocolate bourbon you just had. Well, you, guess what, bud? You loved it, and it wasn't bourbon. <laughs> it was rye. Um, uh, just say it. You love rye. And then just finish and say rye <laughs> in. You love rye. And, and, and bourbon. And bourbon. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, what I actually think is kind of funny about this is a lot of times they probably, George Dickel's probably like, all right, let's source. They don't need to source from someplace else. A lot of people source from Dickel. From them, yeah. Uh, and maybe that's what was happening. That maybe there's an exchange of sourcing going on mm. between Leopold Brothers and George Dickel of some arrangement. And this idea that, like, instead of it just kind of happening in the, in the, in the background, they said, let's make it an, like a, yeah. a, a, a consumer facing collaboration. Yeah. Which I think is a good idea and more places should do. Yeah, I feel like added transparency is added story. Mm-hmm. And, and, it's, and we're getting that now with this bottle. Yeah. And it, well, I think something, too, that I want to bring up is uh, it doesn't taste like a George Dickel whiskey. No, no, at no, no, all. no. Not at all. Uh, so if you're like, I wonder if people get it and they're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Because it doesn't have that Tennessee whiskey thing going no. on. No. No, not at all. Uh, that chocolate is an overwhelmingly good. It's like it's like a, a chocolate that's not too sweet, right? It's like yeah. a like a, like a dark bittersweet chocolate. Chocolate chip. Um, Chips. Uh, yeah, I enjoy that quite a bit. Like I said, that oaky taste for me doesn't quite do it, but uh, it gro- it's it's grown on me. And in the mm-hmm. right context, I think it'd be a really like next to a fire, like any George Dickel. Uh, it it would be particularly good. Yeah, it's a hundred proof. Uh, so it's got, you know, it feels like a bottle and bond kind of temperature. Um, and it's this weird combination of these two different styles. That's yeah. pretty sweet. I almost feel like I can taste the two distinct. Like you, they separate <laughs> on your tongue? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, what do you think about this going going back and going back? In time? And trying to make these, like, what do you think of pre-prohibition style well, whiskeys in general? Because most of the ones I've had... Uh, I'm like, okay. Yeah, I mean, I love uh, pre-prohibition, 1910 from uh, our friends. Is that uh, pre-prohibition old, style or is that just the name? Or prohibition it? style, right? Old Forester. Um, I enjoy that one quite a bit. Um, I don't, you know. Oh, right, right, yeah. I, I think it's kind of funny because it's like, you, you think of the no chemists allowed sign at, what was that? Formerly, I think it's Stitzel Weller. And this notion that whiskey was made sort of by poets, not scientists. Hmm. And uh, and now it's kind of funny because scientists and engineers and technicians and are at the uh, forefront are at the forefront of making whiskey, and they're trying to look back and say, how can we recreate 
this thing. I don't necessarily think it's because the flavor was better back then. I think it's because whiskey is all about looking back. It's all about legacy. It's all about history. Uh, that's what all these all the uh, reason they name all these bottles after old long dead men is because that's what works for this particular spirit. So I think looking back and trying to have a whiskey style that matches your narrative mm-hmm. is good for the brand and good for the spirit. And yeah, I want to taste like you know people think, well, I, I'm drinking my grandpa's spirit or mm-hmm. whatever, and. Uh, you know, that's that's sort of the bad side of, of Whiskey or Rye. like it's for grandpas. It's for whatever. And now they've ch- sort of changed that. But a lot of places, they, they haven't like, they don't look forward. You know, we just did an episode about Barrel Seagrass, right? It's a and very forward. It's a very forward, modern. Yeah. And who knows? The thing about it is, it is looking to the future is all unknown, right? We know what the past is, sort of. Well, I think... Maybe when we're looking at pre-prohibition and before that, it is like it's not. There is a lot of unknowns there because and some loss and loss. Yeah, because we didn't. You know, history wasn't always kept so well. I don't even know how well it's kept now. But yeah, I was gonna say there's at least a digital footprint. Yeah, from the internet for a long time. Yeah, before that, but but I mean, these whiskey makers pre-prohibition were taking really detailed notes and writing books and keeping journals, and so there is a blueprint to do this. <coughs> yeah, me. when when uh, thinking about that whiskey made in Missouri. Yeah, yeah. That they did, they found you know it's kind of like they find these old notes or yeah old recipes, and they kind of kind of make it based on some of those proportions or mash bills or. Yeah, you're thinking of holiday. Holiday, yeah. Yeah. Ben holiday. Uh, something that's kind of funny is like, uh, you know, I was just in, in Sutton's Bay in Michigan. And, uh, you know, they're obsessed with cherries there. And there's this idea of, like, Grandma used to make this great cherry pie. Mm-hmm. And she would never tell anyone. She's like, it's just a little bit of sugar, cherries, mm-hmm. crust, whatever. Which it probably was. But everyone's like, what was the secret? The secret was that Grandma made it. Yeah, yeah. And And I think that it's like... That's kind of what this is sort of doing. It's like saying, like, hey, the secret was that this happened at another time. You know, there, there's the mystery. I don't think that the the chemical reactions haven't changed, you know? No, the, but the we chemistry do... hasn't changed. Whether or not you knew you were doing chemistry or you thought you were being a poet. Yeah, well, I think that's the chemistry is hard. To, it is hard to replicate. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of people have said make the you know, same recipe somewhere else and yeah. it's different. Well, if you go make so, an old-timey, like you use three chambers, for example, uh, you know, you go use an old method. Yeah. The it's question is close to the sun, right? Yeah, but do you store it in temperature-controlled spaces in your big, beautiful, modern place? Does it get... You know, who's moving it? Where is it getting moved to? Like, yeah. Are the rickhouses the same as... Yeah. Or are they also being stored with, like, 50,000 other barrels? You the know? trucks that are taking them there, are they as bumpy as they were? Yeah, yeah. You know, in the, in the pre-prohibition... How far are they, are they traveling? Yeah. yeah. Are they going down more rocky dirt roads? Are they going down the yeah. highway? Like, there's this stuff that, like... Which is what the story is, right? You want that. But, like, unless you're using, like... Are I they think tasting I'm, out of Glen Cairn glasses? Yeah. You know? Maybe. Well, <laughs> yeah, maybe they are. And maybe the roads are bumpy, but I just think it's like, you know, it, most of it's in name. Some of it is in method, but the reality is so much of uh, – it's modern no matter what. I actually hope that I – I appreciate the nostalgia of whiskey, but I do hope that we can move forward 
in some ways, like a mo- like what's the future of whiskey? I know we spoke to a company. We were pitching like ideas for to a whiskey company uh, for a, to do a, a thing, and and it was like, you know, they they don't want to be left in the past because they're a modern company, uh, but they also don't want to be too futuristic that people don't connect. But so it, it it was a fun prompt to be like, what does the future actually look like, and what's interesting about it, mm-hmm. um, and how can you hold on to the things you love about the past? Yeah, which sometimes is the style. Yeah, the style in which you know, just because something's made more efficient and modern doesn't mean it makes the whiskey better or it's different. And it's right. just like this is just going to another, another style that does affect the flavor. Yeah, and even though it's made today, it still has some connection to the past yeah and this is the inaugural release so this is kind of cool this is the first i think they'll they'll do this again yeah i hope so uh, if it proves to be successful and i think the model of being transparent about your collaborations and where you're sourcing and all that stuff is a good thing now and it's gonna be a part of the conversation moving yeah. forward yeah and i feel like that's like like something like a company like mgp switching their name to whatever they switched it to and being a little more consumer facing is recognizing that like hey well, they probably want a little bit of the, uh, I mean, I'm sure it's just, at first it was a cash business, but now it's kind of like, hey, we want a little bit of the We've been the making steam. all this stuff. You, I saw, so this is a funny thing. Uh, I was on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, no, it was, it was Facebook. I was on Bourbon Nation, mm-hmm. and some guy wrote, uh, he was drinking Redemption mm-hmm. Rye. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, it was Redemption Rye, which mm-hmm. was funny because he was like, he said Indiana bourbon, like in quotations, like yeah. how like okay, Indiana makes bourbon. Yeah. Uh, thinking only bourbon is yeah. in Kentucky, he said, okay, I'll give this Indiana bourbon a try. Well, first of all, it yeah. wasn't bourbon; it was rye whiskey. Yeah. So I don't know if this guy could read. But secondly, <laughs> it's like how, I guess as a newbie, I didn't know that either. Yeah. But. It's so interesting that like Indiana rye, I'm like yeah, yeah dude, mo- or Indiana bourbon. So much bourbon is made in Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was so, so funny. much. Seventy five percent, eighty percent of what you see on the shelves, something like that, just like, dude, is made just, in Indiana. Just shut up. Like yeah. you don't know at all what you're talking about. It just doesn't fucking matter. I, this is something funny that I always think about. It can be uh, made anywhere. It can be made so well. We just had Japanese whiskey that yeah. we re- I, I really it was enjoyed delicious. It, that that one bottle. Uh, probably made in South Carolina, um, or Indiana. <laughs> or Indiana. Uh, I always think about Colin Spolman from uh, Kings County. We have some Empire Rye. That he, at first he didn't believe in the idea. Nicole Austin had brought it to him, and he didn't fully like believe in this idea of like this sort of regional. He just thought it. I guess he thought it was a gimmick, mm-hmm. and then he was like, and I in a gimmick that he didn't think would work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they made this exceptional thing, and he said that part didn't even really matter. What he realized is that people connect with regionality no matter what. Mm-hmm. Local, like local, that. Local. Like he didn't realize how important that was. To people until then, which I thought is funny because you look at like Kentucky is like everybody, you know. Well, you think he would have used that right away, yeah, because he's making bourbon in Ken- yeah. in Indiana or in uh, New York, which yeah. is phenomenal bourbon. It's just by weird. the way, that's it's so it good. is it is. Well, that's the thing I'm I keep thinking about. We, we've been talking about this Kentucky trip, and Alec and I've been a little back and forth on it. It's a little expensive, and can we do it right now? And uh, you know, uh, and and this idea that we would go to a place to drink something that we can drink here and the fact that we have five six distilleries that we've been to in the last year in our home state that we enjoy the experience maybe better 
And like, yes, you go to Kentucky to commune mm-hmm. with the region and with the, the, you know, it is its own terroir. You smell the air, you feel the fall. Like there's something yeah, special trailer. about that. It's not, I don't want to take away from Kentucky, but it's a matter of like how homogenized does, does that experience become? And that's where I'm kind of like it's torn on. It felt like, yeah, like I think for the rest of the group, it is like a place they love going back to over and over again. Yeah. And we've, I don't. I just feel like it's just the biggest of all of them. And, like, it, the bigger they get, the further away the experience feels. Yeah. Sometimes. And I know they've added, like, Michter's and Heaven Hill. They have, like, a bottle-your-own experience. And I think yeah. that is, like, getting more people out-of-the-barrel tasting experience. Yeah. Uh, and that's, like, kind of making that more efficient and direct lining it to, to And people. it's more special, that bottle you have on the wall. You, pull it, you yourself, pull it yourself. It's pretty sweet. Uh, you pay more to have but to do the job someone else is usually paid to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> like, I'm still getting whiskey yeah. out of a barrel when I buy it at the store. Yeah, yeah. Just, it hasn't been filtered or washed down. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. It's I don't... I, I'll probably go back and forth with it. But yeah, for me too, it's just been, uh, it was just a fun, it's a fun experience with the guys. So yeah, it, like I said, it's a place you go to commune, but whether or not, and I don't, I'd almost at this point rather go to Tennessee, see what Tennessee whiskey's all about. Yeah, I get, that's what my point was. Like, I like, my favorite part is the discovery and trying new things. Yeah. I don't want to go back to Buffalo Trace for a fourth time. Um, not that I don't love, all, a lot of their products and I love going like it is fun it's the great I think it's top two tour experiences yeah um but I just like I like the new things I like the discovery yeah portion I like I want to go to the to go to Tennessee the new region I want to go to New York and experience these little craft whiskey places I don't want to say little uh but these craft whiskeys that are made in other regions yeah go to Texas yeah you know, go to California. I want something fresh, something new. Yeah, I want to keep expanding. I don't want to just stay in the same area. Yeah. Plus, it's just weird to like. What am I going to do? Buy a bottle from the store of the at the place, which is the same bottle they're going to put on a truck and send in New York. It's not different. Yeah. Well, it's for us. I think living in a state with a big, yeah, you know, uh, we're one of the main, the first hubs where yeah. they're selling stuff. So I get it. It's nice to be connected to your spirit. Well, if you live in. Dakota, you might yeah. not. One of the Dakotas, you might not. Uh, <laughs> if you have live in access one of the, to Buffalo Trace, like we might have, or, or clean water, or clean water, <laughs> your water might be alcoholic. Uh, yeah, no, I get it. I totally get it. Not to, I don't want to yuck anyone's yum here. I'm just thinking a little bit of my ref, my relationship to whiskey, but from doing this and trying as much as we try, and that relationship to Kentucky and how that's expanded over the last few years, and how I'd like to, you know, I learned a lot about New York. I'd love to learn about Texas and Tennessee whiskeys. I'd love to try other regional stuff, go to other distilleries, and and see the whole world open up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I want there to be other meccas. Yeah, that's agreed. all. Agreed. All right. Well, hey, that was a good. Uh, Good little chat with you, Will. Yeah, man. To drink is to live. Is to live. To live. To live. To live. To live. That was After Hours. Thanks for listening. Did you like what you heard? Join us at the Bourbon Library for more. And remember to rate, review, and share our show with friends. It's more fun drinking together. All right. Until next time. Cheers.